0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, listeners. Hey, big listeners. And a special hey, hi, hello, and bonjour to all you lovely patrons out there Chicago is in bloom as the weather is nice a couple of patrons we want to give a quick shout out to are M. Isabella, The Young Viola Vivian, Nyambi Brewer Brittany, Tara Beach, Jasmine Phillips Bianca Reyes, Victoria Taylor, T. Doodle, and Samira. I'm sure I butchered someone's name, and if I did, you better come find me, okay? You can find me in the Patreon streets. Just send us a quick message and say, Amber, you fucked up, and you're going to correct that. Remember, you can join our Patreon for as little as $1, $2, $5, or as we recently learned from a patron, 78 cents a month will support the Wallen family, okay? We want to keep producing content and, and make sure Wiggles has enough money to go to college so anything you give will help out our family also we're going to be posting more exclusive content
1: do you think colleges are going to be around when wiggles is
0: some form of higher ed or continuing education i think all schools
1: by that time will just have collapsed into ruin
0: how is this helping people to continue to support us it's not so just give me a second. Remember, patrons, we also do a book giveaway once. Why, why are you out to, to hurt me? I'm a part of your family unit. We also do a book giveaway at the end of each month. Remember, for June, we are giving away the book Queen of Bad Dreams by Danny Lore. We will also be reading that book uh, and discussing that next week. So join the Patreon, support the Wildin family. Now let's get started with the show. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Sci under the Believe Podcast Network. It is indeed a podcast about black science fiction and fantasy and staying on the same page as a family unit. You know what that means, Ben. It means, you know, supporting me and then cussing me out when the show is over or vice versa. Today for episode 85, we'll be discussing the collection of short stories by Tania Johnson, Broken Fevers. Ben. Could you slowly, very slowly show that to camera one and camera two? Broken fevers. YouTube, you better check that out. Uh, there will be spoilers. And remember, y'all, we try to make these episodes accessible, even if you haven't read the book, even if you haven't seen the show or the movie. So just, you know, tap in and join where you can. You know, we're going to make this nice and fun because it's me and Ben. So now, Ben, how have you been?
1: Pretty good. Yesterday, we cleaned our room together, and there was an argument, so we didn't talk at all as we cleaned. uh, Which actually made us quite productive. It was, we were quite productive.
0: Well, let's be clear. We used to share a closet when we first moved here, and then we started, uh, we had two closets, the back room, so we could put our clothes in separate places, so Ben can have his mess in the back, and I can have mine, and then, you know, Wiggles recently said, like, fuck that. I'm taking the back closet. So now we've had mm. to share a closet again. I, I want to really, this is going to be a poll for the Patreon as well. Already out the gate. How many people share a closet with their partner or their roommate? Cause it is very, very hard to do. i it, it's not that I'm a shopaholic, but like we just have different messes.
1: And, and even further still, how many people share a drawer with a partner or with a roommate? Because right now we have a shared drawer and like my socks are on one side, your socks is on the other side. And our divider is our sex toys. So like, you know, my dildo and your vibrator. And then my fleshlight are like dividing between the two different socks. Socks.
0: Oh, and cocks.
1: Cocks. Yeah. The cocks are the separation <laughs> of the socks.
0: I love that. Um, just so we're all clear again, Ben's mother, AKA my amazing mother-in-law is watching Wiggles in the back. So I could just only imagine how she's, trying to close her ears listening to this conversation, but yeah, we're, we're making it work. Um, yeah, we are. I I think it's just like getting rid of clothes, organizing clothes, you know, that's, I I feel like every week we're on here talking about organization. Um, and then also there's Which is week, funny
1: because we don't know anything about organization. We don't. Which sort of gets I, one us, of us one of us don't. Well, I think in general, like we're we don't really know these things, but which reminds me of a great Octavia Butler quote I came across uh reading this week and I'm gonna read it here. But she wrote a reminder to herself to speak, uh, quote, to speak and write only of things you've earned the right to speak and write about through experience and slash or study, end quote.
0: you read that one more time. Yeah, so
1: Octavia Butler wrote a reminder to herself. She said, to only speak and write of things you've earned the right to speak and write about through experience and slash or study. And so I've sort of been everybody
0: on the Internet, myself included, needs a reminder to do that.
1: Yeah. And so I've just been hearing people talk about, you know, maybe abortion or something. And I just want to be like, sit down and shut up. (laughs) Just sit down and shut up. Uh, (laughs) and, and so like to every white Republican man who is forcing women to have children without going through the experience themselves, sit down and shut up. And to every person, you know, woman and man who is like, you know, you know, anti-choice, uh, who's never adopted because that's something that these people always say. They're like, Oh, you can adopt. If you haven't adopted, sit down and shut up. Uh, anyway, I've been thinking a lot about that.
0: I mean, period. You know, we talked to a, a reporter this week, not about abortion. Um, we talked to a reporter, hopefully the article drops because then this will be really embarrassing if I talked about it. And it was a really great interview, but Ben had a moment where he talked about how it was kind of a an honor to be my cheerleader in life. Like, that's kind of our relationship dynamic. He's just a supporter of mine and a fan of mine. So I I feel like now I just... I, I just want to do like a back handspring to what you just said. Cause I mean, i will be right. Yeah.
1: And honestly, I, I say, I'm your cheerleader now, but I also say, sit down and shut up to myself as much to everyone else. And I think, Oh yeah. Getting to the cheerleader part, you know, getting to this whole idea why certain women remain single is this idea that certain women are too strong, you know? And it, it's, it, We were sort of discussing this week uh, the very tragic passing of a certain influencer, um, uh, Kevin Samuel, (laughs) uh, which is sad that anybody dies. But I, I went and watched some of his videos and what he says about women shows complete ignorance of history, complete ignorance of um, social political contacts. And I'm just like, sit down. And his sit only down target and is black ch- women, who yeah, yeah.
0: oddly enough is like his target audience as well.
1: Right. and But the man clearly, clearly maybe has read one book by a black woman in his entire life. He really doesn't understand like politics and American history. And I, I don't know. It's so, it's so fascinating to hear people talk about things in which and comment on things in which they have no right to comment on. So anyway, I, that's sort of been a theme this week, both for myself and for others. I just want to scream, sit down and shut <laughs> up. That's it.
0: Question. Um, ben and I started therapy this week uh, with new therapists because we got a new baby, so different transitionary periods in our life. So we were like, let's just hop on, yeah. hop back on the therapy train. Um, with limited
1: did... success, yes.
0: What's your mom? You know,
1: like, did it fix all our problems? No.
0: I feel like premarital therapy was very... No, I'm saying
1: just the one session. The one counseling session. I
0: feel healed. I don't know about you.
1: But did it fix all our problems, you know? Some people go to therapy and they think they go once and they're going to leave with all their problems fixed. And they get mad at their therapist because the problem hasn't been fixed like that. Therapists are guides. They're not fucking doctors that, like, going to cauterize your emotional wounds,
0: She did say we were low-conflict, though, and she laughed a lot. She was like, y'all are going to be interesting.
1: Wait, didn't you say – didn't you have a great idea, like, instead of uh – your, your, the scale, the fee scale shouldn't be based on like your income, but it should be based (laughs) on, what did you say? I was thinking,
0: I was like, okay, if we're low conflict, uh, do we get a discount? (laughs) I was thinking that in my head because I'm like, okay, but if we're taking less energy away from you, I get it. I get it. You, you have the same degree and everything, but if, if some couples take more energy, can we get, like, a prorated situation? Uh, Of course, I didn't ask her this, but I was always thinking about that. Like, if you're dealing with, like, high impact on the brink of divorce couples versus, like, couples like us where, you know, we're not perfect, but we're arguing about, like... So, some more nuanced things, and not more nuanced. I don't want to say that. Yeah, or the lower new, impact. The whole lower thing we talked impacts. about
1: was me not having a dress shirt to go on <laughs> dates with you. That's the whole fucking conversation we had for our first therapy. It session. wasn't that,
0: Ben. It was it. The the larger picture was like I feel like sometimes I'm an afterthought to you when you just you know want to take me out to eat in everything that you just worked out in that that, yeah. was, that which is an underlying thing, and we were talking about it. But I, but she responded to that like, this is a pretty low conflict, (laughs) conflict. I was like, great. And obviously, I'm not going to spill all of our tea, like session one, but I was just saying, can we get a discount if we're not using and exhausting all of your mental energy?
1: So sliding scale based on conflict level within the couple's marriage contrasted to like your, your income. Or maybe you do both, like income and <laughs> level of conflict.
0: But I mean, again, I'm not going to ask her that because I would, I would feel that, like if somebody came to my yoga class and was like, "Well, I'm pretty flexible already. Do you know, I get a discount?" I'd be like, "If you don't sit sit down, <laughs> let me do it like this. Sit down and shut up." That's what I would say. Anyway, what were you saying, Ben?
1: Oh, uh, oh yeah. Last week, talking about things in which people comment on which they know nothing about. I think you trying last... to
0: help me, brisk feet?
1: Yes, and. Last week, we talked about tubes being tied and then untied. They can actually be untied, and we we ha- were trying to have a conversation about that, in which we didn't know anything about. So later, I looked it up, and uh, you can get your tubes tied, and you can get them untied. So a little update from last week.
0: Are you hinting that I should do something? Nope, or you're not just- at okay. all. You remember when I told you as I was having labor and oh, yeah, just, you know, just like hour 48 or so? I was not only regretting having sex with Ben, I was fully regretting going on a second date with Ben. That's where I was. Um, that's how painful labor was. I don't I don't know what I was thinking. Um, but we did have some patrons share some birth stories with us, so that made me feel a little bit better. Also, I'm getting an epidural next time. For sure. I, I, I swear we're gonna talk about the book, but you know, we always shoot the shit at the top of the episode, but yeah, I, let's, I was trying to be Wonder Woman at this bitch. <laughs> I mean, to that point,
1: let's actually jump to the section the patrons got a point. Uh, so <laughs> there's some really great stories in the Patreon about this, but one of them, um, Princess Nelson, uh, shared... Who's
0: super active. Shout out to you, Princess yes. Nelson.
1: Uh, yes, I love I love when people send us messages and comment, and that's absolutely fantastic. So this actually really stuck out to me, um, where princess uh nelson was in so much pain that the nurses told her to like quiet down what yeah Ew. Uh, Like so so some oh, of see, these yeah. like intense birth stories uh somebody else this is funny um, nurses
0: just put some earplugs on like it i'm sorry but it is painful i was i was loud too
1: uh and so at one uh, this is tanya tanya was sharing about how she tried to be superwoman and uh no epidural but like sort of the end the end of the birth she started begging for an epidural and they're like no you can endanger the child it's too late and then she like looks around she's like all this resuscitation equipment here i know you can revive the baby (laughs) give me the epidural (laughs) that's funny as hell time yeah she's right i i I read them all um... what about me god (laughs) damn it Uh, this is, uh, from Jessica. She, she wrote, uh, at one point I was so drugged up while pushing that I felt pressure and was convinced, uh, he would climb out of me. So I scream, he is coming out on his own. The nurse has got a good laugh. So you're just like, <laughs> I'm no longer going to push. This baby's just going to come out.
0: I mean, there is this true level of distress. I mean, have you ever been like almost drowning or something? You're like, this is where it ends. Like th- there's no way out. Like, like, have you ever had a near death experience? Yeah. Oh, for sure. I remember,
1: uh, my body got caught in between a tube at a neighbor's pool. And so when I tried to lift my head up, my feet were pushing the tube onto my face. And so I didn't think to like, just slide back and go underneath the water. I was like literally suffocating. I thought I was going to die. I was like banging my head on the tube underwater. And so, um, the neighbor, the mother sort of grabbed me out of the pool, but I, I, that was, oh, that was very scary. Like, yes. I, I panicked. Yeah.
0: That is literally what birth feels like. And so, but it's just, if you were in the tube and instead of the neighbor actually physically grabbing you, the neighbor was like, just put your head back, just lean forward. And, yeah. and so there's this level of like, okay, I tried what you said. It's not working. So what's our, what's plan B? Cause I'm about to die. I told Ben, I was like. Uh, the shirt that was, oh, I, I yeah, look. I looked funny. at the shirt that Ben wore in labor for so long that I'm like, can you please just not wear that shirt, yeah. or, or wear it in like a couple of weeks? Yeah, so because I can't look at it. I, 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 I was looking at that shirt when I was in the most pain of my freaking life. So please ditch that. You know, it, and it, it's added to the list of like his 15th drafted shirt. Yeah,
1: so I did. I'm <laughs> taking shade. that shirt. I took that shirt and I put it in storage for a later time. It is from a um a half marathon i ran that i ran really well i think i came in third place for that one so i i don't i didn't want to get rid of it but for yeah, you i would I, I would if yeah um Just, also it's,
0: it's it's i don't i don't wouldn't even say it's like traumatizing triggering but something does trigger me when i see that shirt i'm like oh that's the day i was in pain
1: i I started to realize how triggering some of these things can be just from reading parenting books or pregnancy books or partner books at when you were pregnant. And so one of the books I was listening to, um, Circe by Madeline Miller, and it's a retelling of the, the Greek goddess Circe. But in that Circe, the goddess has to like give herself a C-section on her own. She like cuts her own body open and it's so horrific, but also in beautiful, but also awful and i wanted to like i was like oh my gosh like i want to talk to this scene with amber but you were pregnant at this time so i haven't brought it up until now and so i might uh i'm going to show you that passage or maybe recommend you read the book
0: i can do it now especially now since i can like walk again and poop again good. And, and things are good um not that i had a c-section but i'm i, I don't have any regrets about no epidural i'm getting it next time, but my recovery has been super quick i will say so That's that. Uh, our next part of the show is the part where you can help us out. Podcast reviews. So. For our fragile egos. Very fragile. (laughs) <laughs> our, you can do Apple podcast reviews um, we, our goal is to hit 1000 of those I think we're about at 450 or, yeah yeah so my
1: goal was 10,000 by the end of the, the summer, summer but Amber right. said that was let's unreasonable be realistic
0: so listen, we can get to 1000 okay we got two awesome ones right here here we go five stars long time listener first time commentator dips why am I already fucking about? okay this podcast is a boom Now that I have your attention, I just wanted to say this podcast makes me smile whenever you upload because I get so excited. Amber and Ben are two of my favorite personalities, and I love how you two have made me enjoy one of my favorite hobbies. The two of you have given me perspective that I have never thought of before and make me feel safe and included outside of my echo chamber. Much love, life, I don't know if it's light, and happiness for your family. Thank you so much. That one was from CPAC via Apple Podcasts. We have another one. Mm. Oh, I just love these y'all. I just love y'all. I just feel like an auntie. This podcast is a delight and wonderful listen ice machine. Though it is my personal belief that horror movies should not exist as a genre, <laughs> Amber's effervescent voice and spirit create a wonderful experience to sit back and provide insight into science fiction, fantasy, and horror media. I would not have known of. No. I'm still not watching horror movies, though. <laughs> good, good. And this is my favorite part of this uh, review. <laughs> ben is there and even though he doesn't enjoy musicals like some sort of uncultured <laughs> barbarian, he lends his quirky energy and passionate opinions to help architect an amazing podcast. That was from Satire Bo. I'm, well, I, I might have probably mispronounced that. So we're going to spell this correctly. S-A-T-Y-R-B-E-A-U-X. Ah, I the. I mean, if you're looking at the YouTube, the grin on my face reading and Ben is there. That 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 warms my heart. But again, Ben, it's it's not about you. You're my cheerleader. You said or you said the other day you're like, it's really the Amber Show starring Ben. Yeah. I exactly. think I also
1: described it as I play second fiddle, you play first chair. Yes,
0: yeah. yes. You like up. that guest star. You know how like on Family Matters, they were like, Oh, wouldn't it be funny for a guest star named like Steve Urkel to be like one of the kooky yeah. neighbors one day and then one day it becomes basically like this is the Steve Urkel show. Yeah. Like, it wasn't even called that. It was called Family Matters. But people people forget. People forget. Uh, anyway, let's take a quick break. We're going to check on Wiggles in the back. And we'll be right back to talk about broken figures. <laughs> Before we continue with the show, I wanted to talk a little bit about Noom. Noom uses the latest in behavioral science to empower people to take control of their health for good through a combination of psychology, technology, and human coaching on their platform to help millions of users meet their personal health and wellness goals. A lot of people face pressures to change themselves, to fit other people's expectations, and the more freeing solution is to find things that work for you. Noom understands that everyone's weight loss journey is unique, and what works for someone else doesn't mean it'll work for you. That's why Noom's approach adapts to your lifestyle. It's flexible, and it focuses on progress, not perfection, allowing you to work toward your goals at a pace that's comfortable for you. Noom Weight makes it easy to start your weight loss journey and stay on track with personalized lessons that help you gain confidence and practical knowledge, one-on-one coaching, and a cognitive behavioral approach that teaches you how to be mindful of your habits. 75% of Noom weight users finished the program and more than 60% of users that engaged with the program kept the weight off for a year or more. So start building better habits for healthier long-term results. Sign up for your trial at Noom.com slash believe. Again, that's Noom, N-O-O-M dot com slash believe.
1: All right, right. So we are back. So, you know, I'm earlier I made a joke about maybe Wild not being able to go to college, and that would be like a post-apocalyptic world, which most of the stories in this collection that I'm holding up, Broken Fevers, a bunch of them are post-apocalyptic. So, yeah, like one of the, the stories deals with a world in which a cloud hover, hovers over a city and the rain just keeps falling and falling and falling. And the rain makes people go absolutely feverish. And that's sort of where the title story, story uh, Broken Fevers, comes from, which is all part of a, a genre called cli-fi. Have you heard of cli-fi?
0: No, but I like the sound of it. And it's right away, I know what it's about. What's it about? Just like climate. And yeah, it, it's interesting because... so that's. I know you would call the genre clafi, but is this what you would call speculative fiction versus like science fiction? No,
1: I think speculative fiction, all science fiction is speculative to an extent, right?
0: Okay. Yeah. Well, this, like I said, um, I'll get into one of my favorite stories in a moment, but there was one story that I really enjoyed where I was like, wait, what part of this is science fiction? Oh yeah. And you had to sort of point out to me like this one little piece of the story, like this one almost throwaway line is what makes it clafi or sci-fi.
1: Yeah. So there's a very short, short line, um, from the, the title of the, I think the short story is called how the Carters got their name. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't really feel like science fiction, but there's a single line where it says that, uh, uh, cattle has become harder to come by and everyone needs to start planting their own garden in these times. Mm-hmm. And that line in and of itself tells you, Oh, you're in a United States that is very different than the one that we live in now. Right. Here's the
0: one line, the one literal line that makes this whole story like this, you know, five page story, clarify. is even in these food lean times, when gardens were a necessity and livestock a luxury, he would rather go quietly hungry than eat them. Talking about tomatoes,
1: yeah. So I that oh, that's the subtlety of science fiction, right? And uh, so yeah, what what do you think about um, all these like pretty grim stories? It's a it's a grim collection. It's like one hundred thirty pages. It is one of my favorite. Collections that I've read this year though I've loved it. I love every single story i I can't believe this book doesn't have an audiobook I can't believe not more people are talking about it. It is such an incredible collection um but yeah would would you think about these sort of depressing stories
0: um I really enjoy this collection of short stories. And like you said, it's kind of like, this is kind of like a hidden gem. I remember you came home from the library and you were like, we're going to read. And I was like, no, cause it's so hard for me to like, not only is it hard to just pick up a book and physically read it, but with the breastfeeding and the new parenting transitions, like physically like holding her in my hand and, and trying to turn a page is hard right now. So a lot of these stories been read to me, um, and I read a couple just on my own, but I, I these are the times where I'm so grateful to, to have you as a partner because I'm really glad that you pushed me to read this because this was so necessary to read. How the Carters got their name was my favorite short story, and you'd you'd hear that. I always say that because you'd hear a story called How the Carters Got Their Name, and and um, because Beyonce and Jay Z's last name are oh, Carters. Yeah. You just kind of. Associate the name of the Carters with opulence at this point. Of just yep. like where we are, I'm sure anybody listening is like, "Yep, I would have assumed that too." But it's actually this super sad story. I'm can I spoil. Yeah,
1: with well, spoilers are all around.
0: It's actually this really grim story of this little kid named Ezekiel, and he's hanging out with his grandma. And they're you know bopping around the garden and things like that. And Ezekiel's sort of wondering like Ezekiel's mother is dead, and his father left him years ago. So we, we've we sort of seen the stage set for a, a grandchild and a grandma bonding and saying like, well, how did we get our last name? Well, talk to me about my family heritage because, you know, I don't know, you're, you're my only ancestor that I have contact with right now. And his grandmother tells this story about how years ago, this overseer took this little girl in the night, or these overseers took this little girl in the night. And this little girl's mom was so distraught about this that you know typically in i think this was slavery right Mm -hmm. um because yeah yeah, because i said overseers and this the mother of this daughter was so distraught about this she's like i'm not taking this crap so she like just takes on this uh about four white dudes like all on her own i mean she's like kicking their asses too and so she's battling them. She's fighting them. Like she's not letting anybody get to her little girl. Whereas typically they describe it as like slaves will have to let this go. Like things like this happen all the time. But no, this mama wasn't having it. So which, I
1: was... which is sort of a myth. There are actually most people just know of like Nat Turner's uprising or John like Brown's. Slave mm-hmm. Yeah, but there was quite a few slave oh, revolts. Sure. Like many and and groups of slaves, individual slaves. Um, absolutely, yeah. So c- yeah, we're not,
0: on. you know. You remember when Kanye was around? Like, slavery was a choice. It's like, fuck off. Like, there were...
1: People were fighting back. People were fighting and being killed. Besides the point. But keep keep going.
0: So this mom is fighting, like, four brutish white dudes at a time. And she's fucking winning. And then one white dude comes up and just...
1: I think the the master of the
0: house. The master um, shoots this woman and kills her. And the other slaves bear witness to this. And, again, instead of... Are you rubbing my back or do yeah, you want me to move a closer, closer into the mic? Yeah.
1: A little bit closer to the <laughs> mic. Sorry.
0: You interrupted my, my slave uh, retelling of this
1: <laughs> I just want people to catch catch the story. Sorry.
0: No, you get I understand. Um okay, so I'm this on. white man comes and shoots this 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 woman who was trying to save her daughter's life and she passes away but it's just very violent and very graphic. So the rest of the slaves bear witness to this and they're like, fuck that shit, right? So they all rise up and and it becomes this major brawl um and sadly sadly a lot of these slaves die in this fight um and this one guy who's left is left to then load up these bodies on this cart and so the name the carters as a last name came from that because in these times you know if you were a baker maybe your last name was Baker and if you were a cobbler your last name was Cobbler so it was this very grim story of how the Carters got their name because of this these dead bodies being piled into a cart and that's how they got that last name the Carters um, and as, I know this sounds super bleak and um, but the story was so well written and well done and so powerful that it It's, it's worth reading if you, if you get your hands on this book and I don't know. I I don't know if there was a glimmer of hope in this story, but there, there's a subtle hope in this story, right? Because Ezekiel is there. He is a descendant of these super powerful slaves. And even though it was, um, uh, these slaves were brutalized and to their death in the end, as, as we all know, like many of our ancestors or many of my ancestors rather, um, we we still somehow have these stories of a grandma passing these stories down to a child. So there's, even in this darkness, um, just a a little bit of light.
1: One of the questions that Tania asks the readers is, like, to what extent do white people, like, to what extent of education do white people need to understand the horrors of slavery, right? Okay, yep. And there's this, a lot of the stories do, have this hint of slavery or there's um, mm-hmm. uh, or or dealing explicitly with it, and one of the the first stories that A- I read aloud to Amber that sort of just like s- sort of made us both be like wow what um, what an interesting way of approaching this is the taken and in this story, these uh, group of people uh the new dawn are people who are fighting for reparations. And one of the ways they do that is they capture the sons and daughters of white senators and make them go through a kind of middle, um, transatlantic uh, passage. And so they make them like live in these tiny little, uh, areas and force them to teach them the horrors of slavery. Like and the need, yeah, the need of reparations. And so one of the questions is like, how far will it take for anyone to recognize the horrors of slavery? Because, you know, Tania, I think grew up in Kentucky, so a, a, a slave, traditional slave state, and so slavery just continues to haunt our country, and it haunts these stories yeah. in, in a way that are both thoughtful but also chilling. And something I, I'm thinking about is like, okay, how do you get someone to to understand the horrors of slavery? Do you do you make them like role play slavery or <laughs> not role play but force them to go through a kinds of I don't know it it just was a very fascinating her- story.
0: Yeah, I think for tact purposes we can't do that anymore. I, and even in this story the story acknowledged like this was a air quote reenactment and it was still free of rape and mm-hmm. free of like all of yeah. these other factors that could have happened like that that go past just like the physical capturing um but Oh, what was I about to say? I just lost it. We were talking about making someone re- Oh, yes. Do you remember that that older white lady? I want to say her name is Jane Elliot, but I could be fucking this up. But what she would essentially do was she wouldn't do slave reenactments, but she would do exercises oh, for like, white people to understand like All
1: the all the kids with brown eyes or bad. Green, yes, yeah, green yes. eyes, yes. And you
0: would watch so quickly the classroom implode because it's like, why won't you let me speak? I yeah. have a lot of it. Like it, you know, it was best for like white people to sort of experience that, understand it. she even went on the Oprah show and did it, but that's like the, the biggest example we've seen and, 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 exper- and no matter how many times she demonstrates the experience, it goes by the same every single time. And even though, I, I don't know, like, it, it's like that go, those clips go viral and they're, and the people in that room were taught a lesson that day, but it doesn't go anywhere past that. Let me get this You know, I, you I,
1: I, I remember one of the, um, the other stories it deals with in sort of a post apocalyptic world where, uh, this is, uh, where black folk um have started to genetically genetically modify their children to make them stronger to fight back like a third uprising of the Ku Klux Klan. This is um sort of a in a United States that is sort of like post capitalistic like you know deterioration And this story was absolutely fascinating because it sort of asks the questions like how far would you biologically modify the genes of your children for the protection of yourself? And so this woman Thelma gets, you know, she ends up having three, um, uh, children, three boys, and she modifies them to be like strong and tough. And they end up like helping other people in the community. And actually the birthing scene in there, there's a phrase where she says, um, when she's giving birth, because she has triplets, they says uh, uh, that she they peeled the doctors peeled Thelma back like overripe through overripe fruit to describe her birth like a C section mm-hmm. like I uh, just sort of there's language of that throughout uh, t- because Tania Johnson I think is a word master smith in a lot of ways yes. but I guess like Tania
0: how- is such a wordsmith it's like I can get through the violent chilling just gore it's it's a, it, like There's some when gore, she yeah. described this woman being shot and like bits of her splattered all over whatever oh yeah it was and so how the
1: carters got their name yeah
0: you you almost it transcends being traumatized by it because it's so brilliantly done is that a thing
1: yeah well uh it's giving language for the emotions and feelings. And when people, you know, biologically or, or emotionally, when we're able to give emotions or feelings, uh words, emotions, and feelings, it's a way, for, it's easier way for us to process this. But uh, it's sort of the question I had for you is like, how would you modify Wild's genes so that she became stronger or that she had certain traits? Like, what are your thoughts about modifying our next child?
0: I think we do that anyway. Like, Right?
1: No, no. I'm, I'm saying, like, literally... You mean, like, scientifically, like, so, in the Petri dish. Yeah, so there's a film called Gattaca and, and in that, you know, you have children in an external womb, and you can say, this child is not going... This child's going to grow up to be six foot, you know, three, and have these kinds of muscles and have this kind of blue hair or blonde hair or whatever, blue hair, <laughs> or, you know, so if you were able to genetically modify, mm-hmm. like... Would you do that?
0: I think I would have to be more musical,
1: to be smarter.
0: This is going to sound meh, but I think I would if I already knew that the sex of the child was female.
1: What do you mean? Oh, oh, well, you can change. You can change the modification. You could choose male or female.
0: I would genetically modify the child if I knew they were going to be female. If, if if we decided we wanted the child to be a female.
1: Oh, so, yeah. So, you, you think it's okay to, like, wh- because when this technology comes, because it is coming, we're going to be able to pick and choose. Coming.
0: Right. I would just I, need just the way the world, like.
1: <laughs> well, it's interesting so because Thelma's the motivation. parts, for sure. Yeah, and Thelma's, motiva- like, motivation is to save herself from this rise of this, like, third KKK. You know, yeah, um,
0: which is a good motivation. But I, I, what, what do you wincing think about?
1: Yeah, I mean, if the technology is there,
0: if, if I, if I, if I said like I want to have a girl, which I do, and I, I, one, I have one, and two, I was super excited about that. I mean, you know, it doesn't matter, but it's like just the way the world is, and like what we know about. Like women and abuse and things like that. If if it was a girl, I I would want to physically make some adjustments mm. so she could kick some ass against like predators and the and the rise and the other rising of the KKK potentially. Yeah. You know, like that's just the real deal for real of it.
1: I, that's sort of a question that I don't know how to answer, and that's what this, well, a lot of these you... stories sort of bring up. Yeah,
0: I know. This, well, sorry, well because, because like, I don't
1: believe in gender in the way that for sure. we force so many people to believe that gender is a, I think it's a social construct. It's not necessarily based on, you know, your sex assigned at birth kind of yeah, thing. I'm here for and that. And so um making that, it's like, do you, le- like, do you choose the sex of your child to be a sex assigned male or sex assigned female, or do you uh, choose your child to, to, to be, uh, intersex right like so that right. or or i don't know or maybe god like because you're making this decision to determine your child's life or how society's going to believe yeah. them before they're even born that for which sure. doesn't seem fair
0: right i just think for me it's it it's less about that and it's more about like just being physically strong enough to protect yourself from the monsters that exist out there you know what i mean
1: there are monsters that exist out there talking about uh taking things too far performance art the first story in here is when called were we talking about
0: taking things too far i guess like, yeah, yeah genetically like genetically
1: modified. modifying your children how much is too much how much is too little right Like, is it ethical to genetically modify them It's like Is it ethical?
0: Maybe not, but I think everybody would equip their child with as much as they could if given the choice to.
1: Yeah. I think the question also becomes even more interesting when you deal with, like, mixed families, right? Because you could modify your child to have green eyes instead of brown eyes, right? Or you...
0: Oh. Ew.
1: Yeah. If you want, yes. Yeah.
0: No, I'm not here for that game. I'm here for the, like survival of the fittest and i want my child to survive
1: (laughs) well yeah but that's again you're you are i guess i would be you're you're coming in with a preconceived notion that strength is uh, foundation is in physical strength right Right. which is a bias a, a social bias that you have
0: i feel like they're well it's one of those things where i've I feel like we would do our due diligence and we will do our due diligence with the um, intelligence and in the reading of the books and stuff like that. But, right. I think but if you could genetically are,
1: modify your child to do that, then it takes the stress off you of having to read to them every night.
0: But I want to do that. Whereas yeah. I can't make her taller. Or
1: Yeah, I see what you're saying.
0: Uh, you know, But wonder if she wants to be physically- a jockey.
1: She grows up loving horses. You make her too tall. Now she can't be a jockey.
0: I know, but that's an expensive sport that we have to get her. I I mean, the, the,
1: these questions are not easy. They're not, this is what science fiction is supposed to do. You know, it's supposed to like hit, especially in the short story form, it like hits you with this question. You're just like, damn, you could talk about this forever. Um, yeah. But, uh, one of them is in the first story is called, I think called bear. Mm -hmm. And in this story, a stripper, Goes into this like hyper misogynistic like stripper bar and to horrify the, um, the, the, the patrons, she strips off her physical flesh. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, it's like, I oh. remember you
0: reading that to me and I was like, I think you misread something. You were like, no, I read it right. No, no. And, and so they <laughs> like
1: set up like plastic, uh, frames so that when she's peeling off her flesh, the blood is like fl- not flying Oof. out to the
0: audience. Again, gore, but I could, I could stomach it because it was stylistically so well written. Like, why have we not heard of Tania Johnson? Yeah, racism, patriarchy.
1: Anyway, what uh, made can, you can performance art go too far? I don't know. Like, like the idea of in a cruising for Utopia, there is a a scene where um a a Performance artist actually part of his performance art. His last performance is jumping out a window and killing himself.
0: Yeah. Can it go too far? Yes. Um, but, but let me ask you this.
1: Should people have that right to for we, a performance? Yeah. We just did assisted suicide. Yes. But the motivations we, I come down to is that assisted suicide is appropriate when it comes to a physical, when it comes to a physical, um, disease that there's no cure for and the pain is too much. This is so why do you t- get to decide? Well well, my opinion, right? That's my opinion for myself. Like I want to okay. be able to kill myself if I start to have it like, you know, debilitating disease mm-hmm. in which there is no cure from, right? And and that becomes uh, super problematic, especially within uh religious um circles in which people believe that God can physically heal you, like right. Because like, you're like, why would you kill yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awful. But in this case, the the suicide is a an expression of art, right? I, yeah. Anyway. But you were, you were saying something.
0: There's a legacy to that art. Who knows? I, I was um, asking a, a more macro question about like what... Like when you went to the library, what compelled you to grab this book? And I just I just want to hear something yeah. there.
1: So part of my responsibility as a science fiction podcaster is to stay up to date with science fiction books that are coming out. And so Locus Magazine does book reviews. And so I'll actually go through and look for black authors that are coming out. And I saw Tania Johnson's, uh, this collection was reviewed by Locus. It had great reviews. So I was like, okay, let's get it.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Another one of my favorite stories was um, published regrets in here. Could you say, talk about it a little bit? So I, I just want to show the YouTube um, like stylistically how this was set up. Yeah. Which also added to like the badassness of the story.
1: So the story is about a medium who is haunted by ghosts and she writes um, articles uh, dealing with their um, un. Finished uh work or their unfinished um business here on on earth and so she's haunted by them and so she uh it's sort of structured as a as an article like a newspaper yes thank
0: you sorry i I just wanted to explain that yeah Yeah, it looks like a newspaper in here which just i just love that attention to detail just like that that keep going sorry no
1: that that's it yeah so what 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 made you like it so much?
0: I like this because it reminded me a lot of um, the movie Ghost. Oh yeah, which you know anybody can say starring Patrick Swayze and Demi Moore, but it's really starring Whoopi gober uh, Whoopi Goldberg, aka Oda Mae Brown. Um, if you haven't seen Ghost, just go see it. You know you 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 know the the clay pot reference, but. It, Whoopi Goldberg in it is also a medium and, um, this white guy, Sam, Patrick Swayze dies and for some reason, Whoopi Goldberg is the only person who can hear him speaking as his spirit roams earth and how he's trying to like avenge who killed him or whatever. Um, but you know, it's Whoopi. So it's just like <laughs> her being like, Oh shit. Why, why? Why is a white guy talking to me? Like, why is a white guy hunting me? Um, so a lot of this. This person publishing this story about, you know, like all these years, y'all thought I was just like really good at solving crimes and murders. But actually, like spirits have just been talking to me nonstop. It was really cool. And also near the end of this. I know I read it a couple of days ago, but well, I'm trying well, to still her remember.
1: Whole, but she's the whole thing she's writing about is people, you know, telling her these things. Mm-hmm. So yeah, she's been upfront the... this whole time that she's been talking to dead people. Oh, I didn't get that I got like people
0: assuming she
1: No, you know, she's been up front this whole time and family members come and talk to her, but this is just the stress of talking to dead people all the time time has made her want to quit and so this is her last article.
0: I mean, that would be stressful and I you know Mm. did did you think a little bit about like the sixth sense when you first read this? I
1: did. I, I just also thought
0: because that's, like, a, the stress of seeing dead people. But, yeah.
1: Well, for the... Fr- I never thought that a medium could be so stressed out by having to talk to dead people. Like, I thought that anxieties... Like, bringing in anxiety is not something that you think about when you think about mediums. Um, or, uh, yeah. And actually, she does it, again, in a later story, where in The Deep Night, where it's a story about a grandma, a mother, and then a daughter, right? Mm-hmm. And we'll... Um, I think Evangeline is the daughter forgot the other names, but Evangeline, the daughter is as a young child is showing this ability as a medium. Her mother is like, no, don't do that. And the grandmother's like, no, you need to teach your daughter these ways. But the mother's like, no, I'm going to hide that past to her. And I'm actually going to hide my own powers as well. Ooh, and she tries to like Halloween town. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> she then Oh, it's Halloween. It town. is Halloween. She's town. Like
0: Marnie, stop. But, she's like, I'm a witch. Mom. <laughs>
1: but part of and this is what it gets to, um, uh, what, uh, Sanchez Taylor refers to as double estrangement, um, which is this idea of the double consciousness, because not only is she trying to hide her medium powers, the, the, mother but she takes her daughter and raises her raises her up in like a white suburban neighborhood like away from sort of the southern black like you know uh, mystical kind of growth right and so she's you know
0: the idea like if i don't foster it and i keep them hidden from it it won't come to fruition
1: but what happens the mother ends up having an anxiety breakdown because she's hiding her true self And she ends up in a hospital and only until her daughter, older, who's grown up, comes to her and sort of has to retrain her into accepting who she truly is. It's a really beautiful story filled with hope. Not all of them are as depressing as we sort of talked about. There is like hope to them. They end with hope. A lot of them.
0: Yeah, I really enjoyed going back to publishable regrets. Just the idea of like somebody having to deal with spirits talking to them all yeah, day. All it's day. Like, Will you motherfuckers shut up? Like, it, which is what Otome Brown's character yes, did in exactly. Ghost. It was like, Sam kept me up all night singing, I'm Henry VIII, I am like, what the fuck? Or, Or there was a point in... Oh, can we watch Ghost after this? You know, I love that movie so much.
1: I, well, I thought she couldn't talk, really talk to ghosts.
0: So she was pretending that she,
1: she she's pretending. So her,
0: so her mom had the gift, and her grandma had the gift. So she always just assumed like the gift is going to come to me at some point. But eventually. until it does, I've been raised in these medium spaces. So, so I, I can know fake it. I, yeah. I, yes, I can fake it. And then one day, she was like, "Oh shit! Like, I, that somebody is talking to me now." Um so she has the gifts and now she's sort of in that space where she's like, oh my God, like now that I want it, I don't really know if yes. I want it. I Now that I have, it, I don't really know if I want it. And at some point it's only Sam, Patrick Swayze that's talking to her, but eventually other ghosts catch wind that like, oh my God. like Oh yeah. You yeah. Can get-. So, so at some point, like right. she's just surrounded by all these black ghosts. And she was like, Sam, I got ghosts from Jersey up in here talking to me. Like, who did you tell that I could do this?
1: Oh, that's you're right. Okay, I have seen ghosts. I I watched it with you, Um, but I'm yeah. So this is actually building off that narrative, but it's dealing. It's from the perspective of the woman and her stress and anxieties from having all these people. Like in this, ghost doesn't center it around Whoopi's character. It centers it around the love story, and this. Short story centers it around the woman, the living woman who has to deal with all the death. Right. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. What a great like flip of that, that story. Fantastic. It is. Which it is, is, which it's is very a, com- she, she's taking a lot of these tropes. Another, um, sort of common science fiction trope is like teleportation. And I always think of teleportation like Star Trek and it's like really cool. But in this world, this sh- story is called Foundly foundling people use teleportation to steal little girls to put them in like sex trafficking and you're like of course if teleportation existed people would do use this to kidnap to and... kidnap and to steal art and to traffic. And, oh yes. my god like correct it is and so she knows science fiction tania johnson knows science fiction she knows horror and she plays with like these tropes in a really like beautiful way
0: and just plays with the idea of like Right, like based on human behaviors and patterns, and if this technology capitalism existed, and if this existed, y'all this motherfuckers would abuse how, it in yeah, the following ways. We right?
1: wouldn't use it to explore new worlds and, like, you know, deal Go with like a post scarcity you know, post-scarcity or build a post-scarcity civilization. We would use it for asshole purposes. But what she ends up doing, because she, um, the main character, Petal, is like. Who I think might be a uh character, um, which, uh, um, uh, sorry, I lost my train of thought. So, uh, pedal is pedal a, a sexual character? Asexual. A a-sexual. 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 asexual. Sorry, like, like coming to Don't and I like
0: a space sexual. I was like, what no, is no, that?
1: asexual okay. as like a sexual identity. Which yeah. I think last week I made a comment that was like. In a lot of relationships, people, uh, there are theories that there's always some sort of sexual tension, but of course, that sort of um, races asexual people, right? Because. Go ahead, check yourself. So I I just wanted to remember that. And so, Petal, I think you could read Petal as an asexual character, but Petal ends up at the end of the story, end up, uh, who's like this, she's this masterful. Um, teleportation uh, technician because you have to know calculus and you have to know how to like run things so she uses um, her powers her ability to like teleport t- teleport like these terrible sex traffickers into like the middle of a storm <laughs> to kill
0: them makes sense to
1: me <laughs> so I don't know it, it again the story ended uh, that please read that story there's a lot to it but it ended with like some justice if you think killing people is justice, which politically and sort of you do human, yeah, you I do say, not. Yeah. I do not believe in you, you, you're saying the death penalty but, for for anybody. So, but I don't know. But do you? It was believe satisfying. Killing
0: a motherfucker is necessary at times.
1: Yes, I killed them. What
0: <laughs> yes, is that? they like, Yes, they deserve to die and I hope they burn in hell. Yeah. A time, time to, to kill, kill. John a Grisham. Time to kill. Oh. Well, you're like the only person that's read a Time to Kill.
1: I have read it. I I read, <laughs> I was, I've I heard, I read the a movie with I Samuel read a Jackson. Lot of John Matthew Grisham.
0: McConaughey. <laughs> well, this has been a real treat. Um I miss Wiggles as yep. I do. We love being her parents. And I there were times where she was a little bit fussy, and you would start reading or I would start reading, and she would
1: she would She'd she calm was, down. I,
0: I have to believe that she was listening to the power of science uh, fiction in Clafax uh,
1: yeah, Clifi, horror uh, that's what we're gonna raise this beautiful human up on
0: Oh, and with that being said, Ben, why don't you warp up the show? All
1: right, you lazy motherfuckers in whoa, conclusion
0: whoa. who are you talking to uh, the listeners. Certainly not the listeners. Me
1: too. Anybody who's like feeling like oh, I can't read a book. Oh, okay. That's you know that's different. Uh because I'm I'm also there. <laughs> Should I not say that? You're also what? Uh some yeah, sometimes I'm like, I don't want to read, I just want to sit and watch TV. Listen. Ooh. You should read Broken Fevers. It's only 130 pages long. It's a beautiful collection of short stories. It's fancy, stories. honey. I'm showing the it's, camera. And, and you could sort of sit down and read a story in like 10 minutes. Um, Amber and I had a lot of fun reading it. Uh, we we are both been a little bit lazy motherfuckers lately. We just had a baby. Oh we did. Gosh. But when it comes to reading, we've been a little like, I've fallen behind some of my reading. You know and it's been a struggle at times but please read this book it's beautiful we had a lot of fun
0: thanks man Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Sci-Fi Sci Podcast. Up next, we'll be discussing another book, but it's a comic book this time. The comic book is Queen of Bad Dreams, written by Danny Lore, and that's also the book we're going to be giving away for June. So be sure to pick up the comic, Queen of Bad Dreams, written by Danny Lore, and we will see y'all next week for the show. Bye y'all.